When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. It's a question of whether you feel like not outraged enough since Joe Biden won. And you feel like you need that adrenaline and if you do need that then you start watching summer house you know and the dallas reunion even though it was at 10 30 you watch oh, see, it now yeah, i'm i'm in for it dallas. gets you it gets your bp up it gets your heart pumping yeah it's part of my weight loss program is to watch these shows i wanted to make sure i was caught up on dallas and so i watched it this morning and i got to the 40 something minute mark and i just had to pause because i felt rage uh-huh. rise through me in a way uh-huh. that didn't not make sense for people that exactly. I absolutely did not know in real life. Yeah. But we yeah. hit that moment where Cam became the yeah. racist police. Yeah. He became all of the Karens put together. And I said, I, I know Cam doesn't like to be corrected, but <laughs> words mean things. Yeah. This <laughs> means something. Prejudice means something. Bigot means something. All of these things are not the same thing. Yes. And that's not racism. No. It may be a stereotype, yeah. but it's not racism. And apologies, but I just don't think that the NAACP is calling you to see what you uh-huh. think, Cam, or or the whoever represents the AAPI community is calling you to figure out, you know, what's going on with the TikToks and how <laughs> the community. And, but you know what? There's only one word that Cam cares about, okay? And that word is bullying, mm-hmm. okay? That's the most offensive word in Mm -hmm. Cameron Westcott's mind. Mm -hmm. Well, also, like, if you attack her intelligence and her character. (laughs) I didn't know that (laughs) correcting one's grammar was a character assassination. You would think that somebody who really equates grammar to their character would actually then give a shit about their grammar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can't make it make sense. You can't make it make (laughs) sense. All right. Well, we already started the conversation, but for our listeners, we obviously we have a guest and the podcast today, my very, very good friend, Kim Knight. I'm so excited to have you on. Kim and I became friends like it's been almost three years actually. I know. Well, last year didn't count as a year. It's all the same year. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So we bonded on many, many things, but one of the main things we bonded on was reality TV. So I had to have her on the podcast to talk about what a week it's been. So today we're obviously, Mm. it's our housewife show. We know that Atlanta reunion part two aired. We're not going to talk about it this week because there was just way too much other good stuff to talk about. And you know, the Atlanta reunion is going to continue next week. So we'll talk about it there. Um, So today we're going to talk about Dallas. Uh, which we already started to get into, New York, obviously, and New Jersey. But before we get into that, Kim, you know, I gave you an assignment, the most important <laughs> thing that we always ask our guests, because we all are there. Hey, we're all, nobody's perfect. Okay, we've all got pieces of shit that we've backed. And I know you and I have talked about some people on Bravo. <laughs> we, we, we've, we've really judged each other, but loved each other through it. <laughs> yes. 
Now, who is your problematic favorite? Like for all time, whether or not they're on the show anymore? Yes. Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. I would step into traffic for her. I'm going to be honest. Wow. <laughs> I, she has added enough fabulosity, lifestyles of the rich and famous, all that trash that they fed us immigrant children <laughs> to keep us respectable because that yeah. could be us too one day yeah. into my life that... Uh, it's the least I could do for her is maybe get clipped by a bus. You know. <laughs> so while your immigrant mother was throwing her slippers at you <laughs> for not getting your SAT. <laughs> Where are the other two points? Yeah, grades <laughs> up. She was also telling you if you did well in SATs, you too can have swans out yes. in your, outside yeah. your yeah. house. The yeah. sky's the limit, but yeah. you don't like to study. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, I don't know if it's just because she's been technically off TV for a little while or that because I now really associate her with Vanderpump Rules and she's Mm -hmm. so much less of a piece of crap compared to the people in Vanderpump Rules that in my mind, I've forgotten that Lisa Vanderpump is problematic. Like in my mind, I'm like, you know what? She's fine. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that it took me a long time to admit that she probably was, you know, stirring the pot for drama. Uh-huh. I find that she does it in a more artful way than, yes. say, Arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personal opinion. It's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I would have said if second, who's now sadly forever gone to me, is I was a, a huge, uh, I, I can't even get it out, Bethany Frankel fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. That's Arthie's girl. Yeah. Formerly. She's- so such a disappointment yeah yeah such yeah, a disappointment yeah. i i don't i don't need to see how selfish people actually are and how self-centered they are yeah. and yeah. she has shown her whole behind yeah and there we go because for kim there's the interest in bravo and housewives and all that stuff but there's another thing that kim really cares about and that's the royals okay and specifically mm, Meghan markle, markle and harry did you see did you see i have not checked all of their accounts yet but today Oh. The Clarence House account, which is Archie's grandfather, posted oh. a happy birthday to Archie. Oh. So we think that maybe there is mending of the relationships? I think perhaps they're trying or at least trying for whatever sake. But I checked because I'm nosy. <laughs> um, they didn't wish Charlotte a happy birthday last week or the week before. You think it's because she's a woman? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's because they're a little embarrassed. No. Yeah. And Archie's going to see that his grandpa probably was a little problematic around the time of his birth and they need to do a little bit of fixing. What if it's all performative and that Charlotte actually got a very extravagant gift Mm -hmm. and Archie just got a tweet? Entirely possible. Yeah. (laughs) Entirely possible. But here's the thing that I will say. Families are incredibly messy and hard and imperfect. And so I think we see portions of that And we know Charles is trash. I mean, I Mm -hmm. still follow the Clarence House account, so I'm trash. (laughs) But time will tell what level of involvement they have, whether they see each other, all of that. They got together for a sad reason. They broke the ice. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So so funny because Noor does the same kind of nosiness with Lindsay from Summer House. She follows her and you follow the Clarence house. It's just, and then it's she just, puts all of the pieces together. It's just together different and goes. levels of stalking. 
right? Yeah. You're following members of like the longest standing royal family. I follow a member of the royalty from Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) She's not even from Long Island, guys. She's from Florida. So it's like really (laughs) bad. It really is. My only issue with Summer House is they came along at a time when I was tired of not seeing diverse casts on Bravo Mm -hmm. or diverse interactions. And I realize some of that has changed and clearly they're trying with Ebony Mm -hmm. and with other stuff. But if you are a person of color who exists in worlds that are not solely black or whatever that color is, then you look at that and you go, they don't have any black friends. Yeah, they don't have any Spanish. I mean, they had the one girl, you know, whatever. I'm like, they don't have any, you know, like, and they would even go to spaces in the Hamptons. Yes. And you would just see no people of color. And I'm like, maybe I miss this when I'm the person amongst my friends that there aren't a bunch of other folks, but there's not one. Yeah. When you go into a party and you look around and think there are no people of color in that party, you are the person they invited so they could have a person of color at the party, so you are it. (laughs) I'm the the diversity thing. You are the diversity (laughs) thing. But, and God, okay, and I have to disclaim, dear friends who are listening to me now, I know that I'm not your diversity pick and you've, you've proven yourself to me. So it's okay. <laughs> yes. They truly have. It was yeah. a process though. It was, we <laughs> were in this for and 11 years And to my friends, now. I yeah. don't mind being the diversity pick. I like you guys. I'll be there. <laughs> there, <we go. laughs> yeah, there you go. So obviously on the topic of diversity, boy, we had some ups and downs oh. uh, this week. So I wanted to ask you guys, do we want to go happy? angry happy or angry happy happy do we want to kick off with new york first and then really rage or do we want to just get the rage out first i have been waiting for a day and a half i have a i i was so mad at noor because she did not watch it right away she I didn't. She, she took a whole day after i watched dallas to watch dallas and i was like i need to get this out i need to get this rage out and i, I don't have i don't want to talk about it elsewhere i want to talk to Noor about it. oh right you're like you're my question for this hello right i, I immediately just load up on her on <laughs> or instagram messaging whichever right. is in front of me i started and te- i started texting her and she said i haven't watched it yet I was like, damn it right <laughs> and you're ready like you're machine gun kelly yes. you're locked and loaded exactly. you want to get it out <laughs> I was like, bitch, but I need to get this out. What do I do? <laughs> well, all right. Well, now's the time, ladies. Yeah. We're obviously, we're talking about the Real Housewives of Dallas reunion. Okay, how, how can you tell that a show is about to be canceled on Bravo? They only have two parts of a reunion. And the first part of the reunion is about 30% recap montages. Not just that. They yeah. make it super hot and they have tinsel and foil falling. Confetti falling fan, out of the air conditioning. Confetti falling from the fan. <laughs> and they don't have any lighting experts around so no none who did In- tiffany's makeup she just looks really like it's just odd it looked yeah. caked on think- it looked a little too caked on i think it yeah was a too rather much. like dark and her makeup was flawless for the whole mm-hmm. season and when you the going back and forth of it is just i was like oh, oh yeah everybody looked bad yeah everybody looked bad cam looked like overly contoured somebody said on online that she looked like somebody from whoville she had this little yes 
she no did. Stip kind of, yeah. But I think the same thing for, yeah, there yeah. was like a very heavy dark contour yes. on, on Tiffany, like mm. underneath her, like her cheeks were brown. Yeah, yeah, they were. Deandra looks like she's like 87% filler at this point in her face. Yeah. I'm like, lady. Dee lady. looked younger in her on her phone when Deandra was getting ready and they showed yeah. Dee. <laughs> Dee looked younger than Deandra at that point. Okay. Deandra looks like she's mid blowing a raspberry. <laughs> you know, that's what her face looks like. But fashions and bad makeup aside, this reunion was a fucking disaster. And the reason mm-hmm. you can go and actually check out our Instagram stories right now. I've been raging about it for the last 24 hours. Um, Bravo clearly has a racism problem, and we know that. And we already started watching Dallas sort of hesitant, knowing that they're allowing Brandy back on. They're going to have Tiffany have to deal with these people. We've watched Tiffany get hazed in a way that is extremely microaggressive, in a way that made us all very, very uncomfortable. But the thing that upset me the most watching this reunion was you had a person on the cast who has ruined every single trip that they've been on on this season. You only talk to her for about six minutes mm-hmm. about the shit that she did. Mm-hmm. The rest of the reunion was spent talking about Tiffany, her TikToks, her tweets, her food. And it blew my mind that Andy did not put fire to Carrie at all. And even when talking about Carrie, it was like Carrie did terrible things, but the person who's actually in the wrong is Deandra because Deandra made a poster about bullying. Like, are you kidding me? When I first started watching it, I was mad at Kim. Mm -hmm. Then as my rage permeated through my body, I was madder at Andy. Yes. Because like you said, the focus was completely on the off-camera Instagram and TikTok stuff that was happening between Tiffany and Cam, but not about the on-camera stuff that the others had done bad. Yep. And he kept their feud going by asking Tiffany all kinds of borderline uncomfortable wrong Let's questions. Let's just say it, racist borderline questions. Racist questions while he never gave, he didn't not hold anybody else accountable for everything that they had actually actual racist stuff that they had done yep. on camera. He did not even hold them accountable. So I felt like towards the end, I was mad. I was furious at mm-hmm. um, Andy Cohen much more than I was at stupid for Elwoods. Yeah. Bravo has a problem. So if we look at just Dallas, they're picking on Tiffany partially because Tiffany is the only reason why they have a real storyline beyond dysfunction. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think because they are in elegant and unequipped to Mm -hmm. deal with issues of race and culture in any substantive way, they fall back Mm -hmm. on her and they fall back on the storyline around her because at least it's something to talk about, right? Yeah. So I think you've seen this, but I think there's a big problem. We saw it with Potomac too, right? Right, Uh, right. There was this big moment to talk around respectability politics responsibly. And instead it became a whole conversation about, oh my God, do you think the fight was this and that and the other? And no one spoke about the nuance of whether or not respectability politics even made sense in the modern era. Yeah. They don't have the reach. It's, no, yeah, they don't. It's almost like, just like they had, they brought on, what's her name from E? They brought her on to talk about Black Lives Matter. Right. And they had a whole session on Black Lives Matter. Oh, all of those special. Um, the race in America. Yeah. Right. After school yeah. specials. Yeah. Educational stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I almost feel like the producers and 
and the cast and everybody needs to go through some special racial sensitivity training of some sort before Bravo can do any more of these kinds of shows. This is like, for me, it was a crisis moment for Bravo because when I saw that happening, I was like, are you really in this day and age going to sit there and ask Tiffany and tell her she was being mean to Cam on some stupid tweet or Instagram? Yeah, but when you don't really understand the problem. Yeah, they don't understand it. And it's like, I don't know how, other than walking away from the shows and walking away from the channel and the network, I don't know how else we can make Bravo accountable if they won't, they just, it's almost like they plain refuse to understand. It's almost to the point where right now you are refusing to acknowledge and understand. So this is, this was where I hit this morning. Mm. As I watched this reunion, I thought, you are more concerned about the appearance of fairness in a completely not substantive way. Like, you just want to look like you're checking all these boxes and using all these words. They are way more concerned with the appearances around Mm -hmm. equity and inclusion than understanding what equity and inclusion would actually mean. Mm -hmm. And so it leads to these incredibly awkward and at at best and infuriating Mm -hmm. at worst instances for them during reunions and in general. So we Mm -hmm. saw it in Potomac. Mm -hmm. You know, we were more concerned about talking about this thing that they didn't have the depth for. Mm -hmm. And no one brought the perspective of is respectability politics something that we really think is even appropriate to converse on? Like, is that necessary? Like, that's Mm -hmm. one lens, but they don't have the reach for that. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to do that. So instead, we police all of this stuff and it becomes a moment of shame when someone actually put hands on someone and we couldn't even focus on the fact that, you know, like a physical action had happened that was not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you have this situation where you cannot even have a conversation about Tiffany's cultural lens because anything that has to do with something that's different is racial. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if I'm uncomfortable now as a non-POC, I call it racist. Mm-hmm. I literally pulled up my phone and was like, okay, maybe I don't remember what racist and bigot <laughs> and prejudice. I mean, I really, I really did. Maybe I forgot what these words mean because if I even use a racial trope as a person in that group, that there's nuance. There's no nuance with Bravo. It's flat. Yeah. 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 Every race is prejudiced against some other race, right? Every individual has prejudices, but not every individual and every race is racist. There's a whole big difference between the two. I can admit it. I know I have been prejudiced against people, certain Mm -hmm. people, certain groups of people maybe, but I haven't been racist because I never had the power to be racist and discriminate against them. And there's the key. I may have a viewpoint that this is what happened, but I haven't used that as a way of putting them down or keeping them out of opportunity or doing any of that because I never had the power to do so. Yeah. There were also people in in one of the Facebook groups that was getting confused between the idea of a person of color versus minority. And they were like, aren't the aren't Asians the most people oh God, on earth? That. How can they be minorities? That it just was like, what kind of mind things about like that? Like how do you not realize what the difference is because we're, we're having a conversation where we sit yeah exactly exactly and where we sit nobody but in also this- but also yeah. 
has racism been deterred by the sheer number of persons of color? The whole idea of colonialism and the fact that a small island of England ruled over three-fourths of this planet filled with people of color. That in itself is an example that sheer number doesn't mean anything. It's power that means and something. And it's how you classify those people. So if those people are commoditized and they don't have the power, then their mm-hmm. number doesn't matter other than that they've become an asset for other people. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So if you look at this country, we're a very rich nation. Mm-hmm. We're a very rich nation because we traded on people and we had massive assets. Those assets mm-hmm. were people of color who mm-hmm. were enslaved and brought over to this country. It made us very rich. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you look at the numbers, I had this funny instance uh, several, two years ago or maybe three years ago now. I went to Colonial Williamsburg and a woman in character who was a, a black woman walked up to me and she said, never forget there are more of us than there are of them. And we oh. forget. Oh man, it was a that lightning was moment for me. I, I, I felt lightning looked, just now. I yeah. looked. We both looked exactly. at each other and smiled. That's and exactly what I'm saying. It does not matter. That's literally what racism means: is that it does not matter how many of you are there. You could be a majority in sheer numbers and still experience racism because it matters who is in power and how they're wielding that power over you based on color, based on gender, based on sexuality, based on any of those. That discrimination is what matters. And my frustration is I am tired. Yes. Mm -hmm. These are conversations we've been having for years, Mm -hmm. but with perhaps less distraction over the last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there is still very little nuance. There is still no one to say, Cam, when you say something's racist, that's not what that word means. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why did it have to be Tiffany asking the question of Cam? Yep. Wait, how am I being racist against my own race? Why the hell didn't Andy Cohen step in? You are their boss. You are their boss. This is your moment to say, whoa, Cameron, that is not okay. We don't say that. But what all Andy sees are ratings and memes Mm -hmm. and gifts and Mm -hmm. tweets and Mm -hmm. dollar bills. Yeah, he didn't step. He did step in. When it was about a mean tweet. Oh, that was mean though, Tiffany. Wasn't that mean? That was mean. I mean, he said it was mean and he was laughing about it. It was all just so disjointed, the whole thing. You guys, by the way, made excellent points. I think what I always like to say is for some reason, white people, they shut down when when you say the word racism. So I go ahead and I use the word white supremacy because at the core, this is what it's all rooted in. Cam is a wealthy white woman who gets to sit there and be smug and dictate whether or not she thinks Tiffany talking about her own culture is, forget racist, even if it's funny. She doesn't think it's funny. She finds it disturbing. Mm -hmm. She wants to figure out what happened when she was growing up because she thinks it's so disturbing. Like you really care. Like you really care. Mm -hmm. You know, she thinks that Tiffany's food is not good enough. She thinks that Tiffany's parties are not good enough. She thinks Tiffany's got too many toilets and she talks about them. Cam is the person who enjoys being at the top of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. And anybody who comes in and threatens that is the enemy. And that in itself is a supremacist way of thinking. You Mm -hmm. believe that you are supreme and everybody else below you is not good enough. That's what I always like to drill it down to. You get too upset when I say the word racist. Think about the fact that Cam thinks that she's better than everyone. Usually the response to that is, well, Tiffany corrected Cam and, you know, she's the one that's always 
being a grammar police and blah, 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 blah. Cameron Westcon has been on TV for four seasons and her entire shtick is that she's a dumb blonde. She's had her husband and her children make fun of her every mm-hmm. single season. Even the game that they referenced on Watch, um, that they were playing on Watch What Happens Live, which led to Tiffany tweeting that thing about a dictionary a day. Mm-hmm. That was a game met, made for Watch What Happens Live to make fun of Cam and her intelligence. She laughed about it with Cheyenne Jackson. She laughed about it with Andy Cohen. But she's not going to laugh about it when Tiffany does it. Why? Because Tiffany's not a white woman. Right. So Tiffany doesn't get to criticize her. Tiffany yes. doesn't get to criticize her. Because when Tiffany does does it Cameron who is not just a white supremacist but obviously a fragile white supremacist mm-hmm. is feeling feelings about her supremacy being questioned by a minority and that's where she draws the line and she says no thank you I'm not laughing at that I think that's she said it was evil I was like yeah. this bitch spent the entire season complaining about her the worst thing in her life was that she had to move from a multi-million dollar home to another multi-million dollar home and she's sitting here and saying it was mean and evil like you have not been through life enough to sit here and talk about what is mean and evil it was boiling my blood and then to sit to watch andy cohen sit there read the tweets look at the packet of papers and say well that was kind of mean but also laugh about it dude it's shade it's twitter Mm -hmm. shade everybody does twitter shade now that is the thing that we do on housewives all of them and the sad part about it is that tiffany never gets to like she's st- i feel that even now she's just trying to join in mm-hmm. so yeah. everybody else gets to do in these things right they get to make fun of cam being a little ditzy they yep. get to do all of these things and yes there are times when she doesn't do it quite well and it doesn't land well the party rules that time she had people yes. over were absurd yes but she's trying to figure out her way in this group and she's new and there's no room for her to figure that out. Yeah. Yep. Instead, exactly. intent and and motive get ascribed and nobody asks her what she means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's okay for just going back to what you were talking about with the with the whole game. It was okay for Cam to be made fun of on national TV by a, her white boss and her white other guest that was there and laughing and everything, but it wasn't okay for her to be the same kind of fun by an Asian woman. Tiffy, she, Tiffany cannot access yeah. that. No. Yeah, no. she cannot because how dare she? No. Now, all of this, when they brought it up, Cam had this air of smugness. And I know that's mm-hmm. like her brand, but it was extra smug. You know, Andy said, well, the chicken feet thing got so intense that production had to get involved. And Cam looks at Tiffany and she says, yeah, it was really bad. It got really out of control. And that smugness tells me that production got involved, not in a way where Cam was told yep. that she needs to check herself. Mm-hmm. No, no. Production got in a way where Tiffany was told, you need to sit down and you can't do this kind of stuff because it's mean and it's problematic. And now now Jen Davis, the nonsense friend of, went on Twitter and said, "Oh, Tiffany got Doctor Mean got got fined for saying let the white splaining begin." Which, by the way, that's what's happening on Dallas. They are white splaining mm-hmm. Tiffany's culture. Call it what it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but. She said that Tiffany was fined $5,000 by production. Since then, I've had people reach out to me and say that they know people and they asked around and they said that they were not fined $5,000. Okay, whether or not they were fined, Tiffany being told that she cannot say these things when you allow somebody like Brandy Redman to be allowed Mm -hmm. back on TV where her sob story and her struggle gets to have a space, that's bullshit. 
Yeah. That's where I go, set this entire thing on fire, evacuate the building, obviously get Tiffany and Deander out, but set this whole thing on fire. Like I'm, I'm done with it. I am going to watch part two, but I am hurting watching part two. And I am mm-hmm. hurting from, as a viewer, I cannot imagine how difficult this is for Tiffany. Yeah. And Tiffany, there's an article today that she, that came out and she was interviewed and I can't remember the name of the publication, but we, I posted it on Twitter, but she talks about her life as an immigrant child coming from China and literally having nothing and now being part of this show that celebrates extravagance and you know money and all this kind of stuff and she says that when she was joining the show because she had been asked for a couple of years when she was joining the show COVID hadn't happened and Black Lives Matter hadn't happened or Black Lives Matter been happening but you know, it hadn't happened the to the scale. The movement didn't get to everybody's brains the way it did this year, but it ha- those things hadn't happened yet. So she said that she was planning to go into it being like frivolous parties and all this kind of stuff. And she wasn't planning on it turning into what it was. And we're now living in a very different time. But even then, you know, she says that she never fit into any place before. And like you said, she's finding her space with these people. She talks about in the article how she was tormented as a kid. She would go to school and she would be spat on and she would be hit and she would be made fun of because of who she was. She was a six-year-old who didn't speak English and she looked differently than the other kids. When I was reading that, I was like, I can't imagine the amount of trauma that she had to deal with being treated essentially the same way by grown women. Mm -hmm. And imagine going through this now and putting yourself at risk again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was very struck by the comment that she made right at the start that Mm -hmm. she doesn't know how this affects her professionally. And all I wanted to do was say, please just give her married to medicine, Dallas, and figure it out. Because I think that works better in terms of a franchise that perhaps doesn't affect. And, you know, Andy says, well, have you thought about this and that and the other? And I guess if Tiffany wants to figure out something that, you know, she sells that Bravo gets a cut of, that's great. But if she wants to practice medicine, hospitals are very conservative, even in the wild, Mm -hmm. wild west of Texas. Mm -hmm. Imagine doing all of this and then still having people accuse you of awful things. And then I I was so offended when Cam said, you know, you don't know how many people were calling me, girl, and asking me why you were being, who calls Cameron Westcott to talk about... Yeah. About a person of color being racist and ignores your culture is my costume. Yeah. Yes. I need you to sit down and stop talking. Yes. And the fact that Andy can pick and choose what portions, to your point, of social media he wants to play in, oh, so that was a mean tweet, but no one's going to talk about your culture is my costume. Yes. And the brother in law. That and just that- happened. Yes. That just happened yes. in front of him. She said the words that stereotyping is racism. He didn't step in then. So I didn't step step in then. We're not talking about your family. You're not saying that that's wrong. And we're not talking about the fact that Carrie found it hilarious. No. Yes. Because we want to police, we want to show that we're being fair to everyone by policing the people of color. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm done with you. And we're not talking about the fact that, okay, fine, your intern or your assistant tweeted out or posted that picture of Sparkle Dog Food and that totally insensitive caption. Oh, but we're not going to talk about the fact that Brandy fucking Redman responded to that picture and said, haha, you're so funny, girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we're not going to talk about that. No, but we are going to cut to Brandy every single time this comes up so we can see her smug face smiling Mm -hmm. and nodding along with Cam. Because she was a jerk, but she's not in the hot seat. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. The entire reunion was an assault on my sensibilities as a minority. It yes. was an it was entire, perfect. the whole yeah. damn thing was an assault. Every one of them. The fact that they all sat quietly. I wanted Deandra to speak up. I really wish Deandra <sighs> would speak up. I'm like, I know Deandra that you're on Tiffany's side and you're there for moral support and all of that, but you do not speak up, Deandra. So, Artie, yeah. this is the other problem that I realized later today that I had, which is there's this thing that folks know things are wrong, but they don't know what their place is, so they mm-hmm. say nothing. Yeah. Yep. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and saying, I've been in that space in our group of friends, and mm-hmm. this is a group of friends where I'm the only, or mm-hmm. not the only, but I'm one of the one of two Black people, brown people. Like, any mm. people of color in this group. And I have had conversations where I've just, you know, I'm going to say it how it is. Mm. And it's crickets. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I just kind of get used to it. And it is what it is. And I'm not going to edit myself and not be me. And I know people take things in and sometimes they don't know what to say. Yeah. But she's already said, it's hard for me. I find that this stuff, we make it much more complicated. And I feel like sometimes it's like, hey, just don't be a selfish jerk. Yeah. All she has to say is, I feel uncomfortable, Cam. That was not cool. Mm-hmm. Use simple words. Yeah. Stephanie Holman, nice and quiet, doesn't want to Mm -hmm. ruffle any feathers, right? It's like they don't want to speak up and they're making the person of color do the emotional labor of Mm -hmm. all of this bullshit. And I know Deandra has a lot to say about the way that Carrie was treating her. And when she was talking about that, guess who defended her? The only person who did was Tiffany. And Mm -hmm. I hope that next episode they show some of that. Deandra did send us a DM. Okay, she said that she is very supportive of Tiffany. But I do hope that Deandra does speak up because I think that was the other thing that was making me upset. It's crickets when the one person of color is being attacked. And what happens is, guess what, white people, when you look like the aggressor, welcome to our world. When you look like the aggressor, we're going to bundle you with the aggressor. That's what we're going to do because that's how you treat us. They all see the same right now. Everybody seems the same. Yeah, I'll tell you that as South Asians, we oftentimes are in that middle spot right even in our workspaces there's a person of color like a black person or a hispanic person in our workplace and there are white folks in our workplace and sometimes you're in a meeting and you can see the bullying happening Mm -hmm. and oftentimes south asians will keep quiet because it's not their fight and i had to make myself get involved because it would upset me but i didn't know what to say and i wouldn't say it so that was something that i had to work on personally to speak up because at the very least somebody told me if I spoke up I give the person of color a few seconds to process and think and not have to respond right away because I deflect and you don't feel alone even that those few seconds helps because when these kinds of microaggressions are sometimes over the real actual aggressions happen in a workplace scenario it happens so out of the blue when you are not quite expecting it. All of a sudden, somebody says something and you find it like deep inside it's offensive. It takes all your strength and energy to respond to it in a respectable way instead of flipping the table like Teresa would do. You cannot go down to the level because you are supposed to react politely, but they are the aggressors, but you are being judged on yep. your reaction. So you have to react right. cautiously. And it takes, if only if allies would just speak up, it just gives the person of color a few seconds to collect their thoughts take a deep breath and you feel like maybe there's always this thing that goes on in your head right that goes 
am I reading this correctly? Correct. I think there's sort of this this thought around this whole thing that like we really have a physical race card and it weighs down on our back pocket and we can't wait to throw it down, right? And you actually get taught and, you know, I'm sort of in this weird intersectional point where my family is West Indian. So I was raised with their model minority sensibilities, but Uh also because I was born in this country, I see more of the African-American American Black experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really interesting because they had all of that talk that happened to them, which Mm -hmm. was very much like, well, you're not like the other Black people. Mm -hmm. And they got sucked into that whole thing and got, you know, I had that whole trope. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up hearing bunches of stuff about Black Americans that I didn't, you know, that I kind of was like, as I got older, I'm like, I don't, I think that this, there are more problems here than you guys think. And I don't know that I think that mm-hmm. this is a bunch of lazy people who haven't taken advantage of the resources that you guys are going to just, you know, do now. I Like, this feels more complicated, but you really get winded. I mean, and yeah. I've experienced it. And then there are no optics ever, yep. even when, where me punching back doesn't make me look super aggressive. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm just trying to do it to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of it. I've experienced it in a professional capacity. Mm-hmm. And you have to make yourself very, very small in order to not look like a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody thinks about the damage that that does. Yes. To the damage it does to women, especially women of color, mm-hmm. that they constantly have to make themselves small in order to let those who want to be the supreme stand in their place and not be corrected and it's a it it does it tears away at your soul and i am watching tiffany go through that and i've even on social media she's been fairly silent about her own feelings on it she's been like reposting other people's stuff mm-hmm. but i can imagine this this took an emotional toll on her because this wasn't what she was preparing to go into the show about they've right. been trying to get her on because she is married to the into this uber rich family she is a genius prodigy child doctor and Mm -hmm. they were supposed to be celebrating that and she came into it and now she was now she was now being held responsible and doing the emotional labor of making Mm -hmm. these white people like her like i said i will watch part two i'm not gonna be happy about it and and you know you brought up married to medicine and i think it's interesting because married to medicine is the one place where they do everything I mean, it's the best mm-hmm. show on TV. Yes. Yeah. But it they do everything. They talk about race. They have petty fights. They talk about real life stuff. And it just flows. And their reunions are really good. But you know why their reunions are good? is because they all communicate with each other. Well, they're authentic. They're yeah. authentic. They are and they're authentic. and they say what's on their mind. They actually say what's on their mind. And there's never a moment when they're saying these things where they don't have that moment that you just described, Kim, where you're sitting there and you're waiting to see if you're the only person that heard what everybody else heard. It's right. like you don't have that because they're amongst peers. And so yeah. they're able to be open and honest about how they actually feel and how words are impacting them. But mm-hmm. when you're the only person that looks like you and somebody says something crazy, you kind of have to be like, oh, well, nobody else in the room is going to understand because nobody has my experience. And we talk Mm -hmm. about allyship. We've been talking about it for the last year. It's not about these black squares, y'all. Like, it's not about you share 
shared a link to, you know, a fundraiser. This is what we mean. You need it's to about speak the hard up. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that's the hard work. Those are the uncomfortable conversations you need to have. Those are the people that need to speak up. It's mm-hmm. the conversation you and I had a couple weeks ago where I posted this lady that I found, you know, I finally broke down and got the TikTok. And <laughs> because I again, I come from a different perspective. I missed something that was offensive. Yeah. And you could sit down here and talk all day long about whether it really is or whether it really isn't and what this is and what this isn't and what she meant and what she didn't. But my friend said, I find this deeply offensive and here's why. And I hadn't considered it from that perspective. And I said, oh, Mm -hmm. I think all South Asian people are cool, but I'm Caribbean. So I'm bred to believe that Mm because that's the power structure in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see the American thing where it's more of a mocking thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think everything brown is beautiful because Mm -hmm. I'm Jamaican. And so I missed all of the stuff. And she said, oh, no, here's the problem. And here's why. (laughs) And I said, oh. And so then I asked a bunch of nerdy questions and she let me mm-hmm. because, again, we were in a safe space where, look, she knows I'm not a jerk and I don't want to hurt her. And I know she's mm-hmm. not a jerk and she wants to correct me mm-hmm. and let me know how she feels. And because we're really friends, then I go, oh, man. And guess what? I I unfollowed and I don't share because mm-hmm. I realized that eh, this is a little this is problematic. Do yeah. I need it? Does she pay my bills? No. Yeah. no, I can move past this. And it's yeah. like, but so few people are willing to see past, like, I could have been like, oh my God, I didn't mean it like that. And yeah. she's funny and, you know, she's South Asian too. So obviously this must be okay for her. And I could have picked a fight and been like, you know, I'm not like that. I didn't. Yep. I, yeah. I just listened. And then I said, okay, my friend says this hurts. I don't have to be a jerk to my friend. Yeah. yeah. And we've yeah. all screwed up. Like there's yeah. been times when I've said stuff. I know I have. God, I I recently had to clean up my Facebook because if you go back to the person I was in college, no, thank you, ma'am. I am canceled at age 19. And Mm -hmm. so there's been times when we've all said stuff that was a problem and it's constantly learning and growing, right? You have to just go, okay, in the last year, I learned that these are things that I can't say or things I can't do because the people who actually own this piece of entertainment or language or music or whatever it is, those people are saying, it's not cool for me to do that. The least I can do is listen and stop using it. It's not impacting me in any way. It's not my, you know, I'm not losing the roof over my head over this. It's just... Mm -hmm. It's mind boggling to me. It's not mind boggling to me. It makes sense to me that people who are so used to benefiting in a world where they are superior would have such a defensive reaction to anybody coming to correct them. Mm-hmm. Guys, it goes back to white supremacy. Okay. That's what it, <laughs> it is. All, it all does. But yeah. you know what? Sonia Morgan has rainbow fish. And as long as she has <laughs> rainbow fish. <laughs> The world is going to be better. And if yeah. we all, if, if more people had rainbow fish, then we could let, <laughs> we could silently signal to the blacks that yeah. we're down with them. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. Wink, wink. yeah. <laughs> that's a great I segue to New York. Yeah, that's a yeah. good segue into New York. Yeah. I could rage on Dallas forever, but that was, uh, that was like, could Sonia be more transparent? Oh, yeah, man. God bless her heart. Yeah. <laughs> 
seems it is like- amazing that we can have so much anger at this and yet Sonia then- does this thing that is so clunky and you go, yeah. oh, Sonia. <laughs> so here's the difference, so- Yeah, right? go ahead. Yeah. So it's, it's the difference. Sonia is doing something problematic too, but she is doing it with the intention of making Ebony feel welcome. Yes. Yes. That's her intention. It's clunky. It's misguided. It's wrong. But the intention behind it is to make Ebony feel welcome. It could easily have been a microaggression. You you can feel the intention behind it. Yeah. Ebony is like, yeah, I'm glad there is diversity in the the koi pond. me up and she said it like with so much pride it cracked me up because it was almost like somewhere in Sonia's mind Sonia's crazy mind she's like you know I'm glad that they had Ebony join the cast but you know the yeah. Real Housewives of New York has always been diverse look at my fish like in her yeah. mind the diversity quota been met because yes you know, yes. because of her fish she was like this fish has half uh, it only has one fin that's a disability fish this one <laughs> this right. one is certain this one is definitely gay and this one just changed gender so that's a thanks trend. for catching up thanks for yeah. catching up we've been here we've yeah. been here she's like okay i got all kinds of fish <laughs> you know I I was going into the Real Housewives of New York season now, obviously, and I think we've all kind of privately and to each other talked about this, about the fear of having Ebony on. Ray Sani Mm -hmm. was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and she brought up the fact that as a New Yorker, as people who live in the Northeast, there is a type of New York racism that is not that we're going to see in New York on Real Housewives of New York that's going to make us question some of our people that we have on here. Like we know Ramona is a monster, but mm-hmm. I think the part of like Luann that we're going to see, obviously they showed a preview to it next episode. Those parts of Luann or even what Sonia brought up with the fish, right? Like mm-hmm. those things and how they will receive any reaction to those things. The whole thing goes down to if Sonia said that thing, Ebony laughed about it because she knew the intention behind Sonia's words. Luann is a known uppity monster. Like mm-hmm. that's Luann's brand as she looks down yeah. on people. So I'm going to have to wait to see how Luann reacts to a black woman coming to correct her. And yeah. that's where I think so I worry it- because I don't... <sighs> I worry because it's going to make me cringe in a way that will make it unenjoyable. It's my summer house problem. Yeah. How do these people, New York of all places, how do they not have substantive relationships with people of color so they're that they're not uncomfortable at this point? Mm-hmm. I don't think that there are a ton of uber wealthy black people in New York, but there are there are quite a few. Ooh, there are yeah. enough. And you don't have one significant enough relationship so that this is not awkward. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking if that fish comment had been made by Ramona or Luann, how would we feel about it? Oh, we would have trashed her. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good point because the thing is with Sonia is Sonia is too lost in her own mind to really have ill intent with something. You know, she's she's flighty and spacey in a way that like doesn't she doesn't come with any level of smugness. Early season Sonia was definitely smug and she Mm -hmm. thought her shit didn't stink. But Sonia has been through some dark times on this show (laughs) and she continues to have multiple many dark times. I believe this season is going to be another one. 
one. She's yeah. already drunk episode two. So like we're talking about Sonia Morgan who knows that she's a bit of a hot mess. So I don't think that she has necessarily the, you know, the leg to stand on to really be smug to anybody at this point. The thing with Ramona mm-hmm. and Luann, and Luann is getting better also. Luann mm-hmm. got better after she, you know, got off of her cabaret train and had some reality hit her. Mm-hmm. It obviously didn't happen right away because Bethany had to scream in her face. But Luann is getting there where Mm -hmm. she is a little bit more self-aware about her own problems. The -hmm. issue with Ramona has Ramona, she apologizes, but in Ramona's mind, she's never wrong. And Mm -hmm. that's cute when it's something like parties or clothes or whatever. It's not cute when it's race. Or when you're digging into Leah's mental health diagnosis Mm -hmm. and discussing that. Or when you get into sort of these issues of race. I mean, again, Ramona had a party. It was her 78th birthday party with 78 of her best friends. And not a single one of them had a, even a deep tan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like none of them even yeah. looked like Dolores. They all looked like her. They looked like her. It was like a whole bunch of Ramonas. That's what <laughs> they it was. They all, but they all but it was. But also like Sonia, even at her worst, Sonia has always been more self-aware yeah. than any the others have been. She's as self-aware as anyone who lives in Grey Gardens is right. ever going to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she she is, and she she says it herself. I ended up back at my townhouse because my Century Twenty One thing went through. Right. That they filed for bankruptcy. She finally, finally had a success. That she was so happy. Can you imagine being Sonia though? Can you imagine the struggle that she has been through? That poor woman. She finally gets a success, and then the whole company goes bankrupt. But here's the here's the 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 beauty and the problem of Sonia Morgan. This is all very true. Sonia is also the person who is telling an intern who is simultaneously working on her masters <laughs> that she needs to learn how to run a bubble bath yeah. for someone. Okay. And okay. I I judge myself for the fact that instead of being offended, I am drawn further in. You know, I'm kind of like <laughs> Did you just tell this chick and said, I mean, I know you're working on your master's, but you need to know how to put bubble bath in water. No, no, you don't. Right. No, so you funny. don't. There's some, she's giving some so much value add to the master's <laughs> when you take her stuff. Household skills. I don't. I know a lot of people don't like Sonia, and they there are quite a few people who hate her. There really? are people who hate her, people who do not like Sonia. Yes. I just love her because she's such a tragic, tragic figure. I would give her, if I met her, I would give her a dollar. I would help her out. So here's the thing about Sonia. This is why Sonia is lovable is because Sonia doesn't wield any power. Right. And that's why Sonia and her nonsense and her faux pas and all of her stuff is still enjoyable to watch because she is not actually going to hurt a person. It's not racism. It's just prejudice. (laughs) Yeah. Like she's not. She's just gonna she's not gonna hurt anybody with the shit that yeah. she does. She's gonna yeah. hurt herself before she uh-huh. hurts anybody else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's who Sonia is. But what did you guys think about Ebony's first episode? I think well, I think she did well. I think mm-hmm. she stepped in and said, I'm just gonna own this. And yes. I think that's great. I appreciate that all of the freshman women in 2020 and 2021 understand what they're coming into to some extent when they yes. come into housewives and 
Housewives itself has evolved into an entirely different animal than what I watched was at 13, 14 years ago now when we went behind the gates with OC. It is not awkward. It is not clunky. They come in and they give you something. Yeah. I had to struggle with my own moment of when she spoke about her credit issues and all of that kind of stuff, my own issues with respectability politics and, oh my goodness, do we have to tell the white people that you had credit problems right at the start? <laughs> and But that's a personal issue, right? You know, and I caught myself and I thought all of these women have had issues mm-hmm. at one time or another. Some of them have had money issues. This is not a big deal. Honestly, the perfect housewife right now is one where, gosh, where does your money really come from, apparently? Yeah. yeah. And Ebony's being transparent and authentic. And I think that makes for the best kind of housewife. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought, so at first I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, you know what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's, she's owning her truth and she's owning it before somebody else throws it in her face. Yes. And yes. that's, I think, is a smart move. And uh, mm-hmm. if she's a smart, funny housewife, she's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah. I mean, she came in with some very, she did some very intentional things on camera mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. that I think if it was done poorly would have come off like she was a tryhard, but she didn't. Yeah. She was yeah. very, she's coming off very authentic. And I think she just knows how to present herself in a very polished way where she's clearly going to keep some things to herself. She's going to keep some cards close to her chest, but she's very willing to let you in into some of the boundaries that she's placed. Mm-hmm. Like there are boundaries that are close enough where you think that you're getting everything, but you're not. And it seems like I would think that for women of color, that's not necessarily a new skill, especially a woman of color who wants to be in the media. That's not a new skill. You have to be able to do that in order to get ahead in specifically in that industry. And people very much want to feel like they they have a piece of you or that you're socializing with them or mm-hmm. all of those other things in order for you to advance. Mm-hmm. And and yet you have to be very careful and you, you mm-hmm. kind of told this line. It, it's really interesting. I will say New York is the best edited of all of yes. the the housewife shows. Like they know what they're going to do. Like they're already telling, okay, so we're doing a little establishing. We know that this wasn't a fast out the gate, mm-hmm. but, and we know, but we're going to give you these hints. I loved the way they ended the episode. I know we're hopping all around, but them going into this whole, like, oh, it seems nice now, but it's not going to be nice for long. And I was like, that was crazy. Yes. That also, was good. You know, we spoke about this allyship and the awkwardness of having conversations that are difficult in white circles that happened at when, when they were back mm-hmm. in that room and so mm-hmm. she started to talk about sag harbor and they did not know what to do with that puppy they were like yeah. oh we're gonna talk about yeah. the race thing on and the it wasn't and it day. wasn't even a serious <laughs> conversation so she did not so she met with leah in central park and she made her statement with her t-shirt and her yes hat. her sweatshirt she did not Oof. bring up the subject but she made a big statement but when she was talking about a very light-hearted conversation about sag harbor you could see them tensing up that you were like <laughs> oh my god is she yeah. going to start talking about that now and then is this going to lead into black lives matter and do i have to have an opinion and do i have to come off as girl do i have and- to go to a protest with you oh no. yeah <laughs> Like, what do I I do? Lou tried. Yeah. Lou tried. She yeah. tried in that I'm a hostess, so I have to address this and this is my training kind of yeah. way. And yeah. I yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you half we'll see where you go, but I'm gonna give yeah. you something for that. Yeah. Sonia tried in the way that's oh really? I had no idea. And yeah. you know, kind yeah. of yeah. bounced back to Saturn. Yeah. Ramona was not gonna say a 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Ramona went in hard and she's like, I think we have a connection. Ramona was like, I know yes. everybody thinks I'm going to be a racist. Yes. I'm going to go the exact opposite way and make her my best friend. And that's what she went in. I'm like, I'm going to make Ebony my friend and I know everybody know that I'm not a racist. So I'm going to yeah. do that. And the producers go, this won't last. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> What you expect is coming. Yeah. Fire is on the way. Yeah, right. I think so. I think Ramona's strategy is definitely like if I become friends with her first, then anything that I do that's problematic yeah. will be treated with kid gloves rather yeah. than treated like I'm some sort of a jerk right. monster. Right. You know, I loved seeing Ebony, but I think one of the things that was so astonishing to me was watching Real Housewives of New York and having an entire scene where there's two black women on the screen and nobody else. Mm -hmm. The fact that Real Housewives of New York at this point now in 2021 Mm -hmm. is having Mm -hmm. that moment is fucking crazy. Yeah. The fact that that is revolutionary is crazy. It's crazy. When's the last time we've even seen? I mean, yeah. the 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 African intern of Sonia's, yeah, probably, yeah, probably. pickles, and the pickles. guy that uh, um, Dorinda tried to give her jacket to, or something, or asked for water in a restaurant who was not uh, working at the restaurant. She just assumed yeah. he was a waiter. R.I.P. Dorinda, pour one out for yeah. her. I'm not yeah. gonna miss her at all. <laughs> so let's talk about the one uh, problematic person that was in this episode was leah and her newest um you know her newest um fetish fetish Maybe it's her hobby converting to Judaism. Let me tell you, somebody, you know, likening yourself to Madonna, who has for the last few decades been appropriating a new culture every five years or so, is not great, Leah Mm -hmm. McSweeney. Like, that's not something that you, that's not something you should be aspiring to. But Leah, you know. No, I don't care for Leah. Okay, I wanted to ask you because I felt some type of way about it, but I wasn't sure if it was, you know, what we're talking about. I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if I was reaching, but I had a reaction to it. Leah Mm -hmm. shows up, new face, new apartment, now new religion. But she said when she introduced Ebony into the mix, she used the term black girl magic. Yes. Oh, the whole that conversation in the car when they were going where she was trying to stir things up ahead so mm-hmm. she wouldn't have to stir things up when she was there mm-hmm. and be obvious. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like Leah. She did an interview with Danny Pellegrino a year or two ago. And I thought, oh, so this is who you are. I'm OK. Yeah. God bless. Thoughts and prayers. I wish you well. Bless your heart. All the things. I'm hoping that Leah being next to an actual person of color will show how ass backwards Leah is. Because Leah looks great in front of Ramona, Luann, Dorinda, and Mm -hmm. Sonia. She looks like she is you know, the millennial woke voice of reason. But I'm hoping that being next to Ebony will prove that she's not. But what I think is actually going to happen, what my fear is and what I believe is going to happen is that she is going to cuddle up with Ebony to try to get more clout as somebody who is more woke. And it'll further just hide the fact that she's just going to, you know, she's going to ride her coattails into into looking like she's a woke person and looking like she's understanding. When Leah McSweeney, you know, wrote for the Federalist, like she's an extremely problematic person. That whole conversation about why she didn't vote and how that is rooted mm-hmm. yes. in privilege yeah. yes. that yeah. she has never acknowledged. Ugh. Yes. But we can make fun of Tinsley, who actually yeah. did vote. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like Leah. I don't like 
seeing her on my screen. This thing about, oh, I'm converting to Judaism and I know nothing about it. I'm Muslim, but I grew up in North Jersey. My kids go to mm-hmm. Jewish school, actually. Basically, I grew up around a lot of Jewish culture. And mm-hmm. I take Judaism quite seriously because it is very close to Islam. And mm-hmm. I take anybody talking about converting like it's no big deal. I mean, she keeps talking about how it's a process. But like her not knowing that if you go to an Orthodox rabbi, you're going to have to be more modest. And then saying, well, I like a challenge. Like what's yeah. challenge, girl? The yeah. challenge and- is conformity. Yes. Yeah, I grew. I was born and raised in Crown Heights. The challenge yeah. is conformity. Yes, there, there's no, there's no extra lane for you. But she doesn't see that. I mean, she was able to, you know, profit off of urban wear and call mm-hmm. it her own thing, mm-hmm. and you know, make it, make it her. She's and she believes that she's going to make Judaism her own too and find her own path. Yeah, it's called reformer. And yeah. you do that one or or any of these other versions or, yeah. or groups, it is not orthodox. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to do orthodox because I'm doing it the right way or the real way or something like that. Which oh. is also so problematic because yeah. now you are, you're not even Jewish yet. And now you're already saying that there's an entire type of Jewish people that aren't actual mm-hmm. real Jews. It was right. weird. Yeah. It was really messy. She also, of course, famously is making money off of Lil' Kim's face on t-shirts mm-hmm. you know you're a white woman and you sell a black woman's mugshot on your t-shirts and you don't see how problematic that is it, it blows my mind because it's not a problem yeah in yeah. her mind it's not a problem yeah exactly do you think yeah. that luann is gonna stay sober this season <laughs> she has allergies okay she'll take some flonies and start drinking again for how much <laughs> of the season i think we have uh 60% sober chance. Mm. Let's take um, bets. Which episode do you think she's going to drink? Second, okay. third, fourth. <laughs> Let's come up with the number. I think episode four. Oh, yeah. I think so. I, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be in the season, but I'm going to say at some point around the mid-season trailer, Lou is going to start drinking more alcohol, as she says. <laughs> I would agree. It's gonna, yeah. It is going to happen ahead of the mid-season. I think it's going to be three, four, or five. It's only yeah. going to depend on how they edit that, that particular whatever <laughs> they're doing. Yeah. Because they can put it in three, four, or five. But it'll be one event that have, spans three, four, and five. Season, uh, you know, episodes three, four, and five. And Lou will have... Lou will take a sip first. She'll <laughs> be like, oh, this is so much. I need a sip today. Well, this, you saw they showed that little so thing much. where she, the ladies were stressing her out. And she yeah. was upset. So they're yeah. leading you into she's not going to do so well. And what yeah. are they going to do now that Dorinda's not there to confound things with, you know, her cocaine? I don't know. Allegedly. <laughs> do we think that Alleg- like- I don't have any money. I just have this one piece of house. Don't come after me, Dorinda. Allegedly. <laughs> well, Sonia is going to be drunk by next episode because she's a we already got two fingers up in the face, Sonia, which is, yeah, you know, like this. Is a- yeah, that's two fingers that's- up. Sonia. But uh, do we think that because Dorinda is not in the picture that Lou and Ramona finally became friends? That was really phony to me. I didn't get it. I didn't that is understand an alliance. That. Did you not watch Survivor? Yeah. This is what this is. Come on. You're right. You're right. You're right. Come on. Right. So, so, like, so who do we think is going to sell the other one out at the very end? Like who's going to betray who in this alliance? Mm. Ramona. She's, Ramona. She betrays yeah. everybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> Obviously, that's she's going that's to tell Tom that Lou has some binoculars and Lou's watching him. <laughs> she's going to send a smoke signal to Tom. Tom. <laughs> from, from, she's going to send. She's going to have Tom and Missy making out on the terrace every night, oh, <laughs> so yeah. Lou can see that. Yeah, like oh, it, yeah. it just it cracked me up because Lou definitely, yeah, it was definitely an alliance. It was like there's no, there was nothing real there, yeah. it, and even they were both shocked about it. They're like, we don't know what's happening, but this is a we new thing. Neighbor. We're trying for this neighbors. Yeah, the, <laughs> like the new girls, the new young girls look yeah. like they're gonna be allies. So mm-hmm. we should be allies too. And God, Sonia doesn't know anything. Yeah. That is part of why Sonia feels a little let down too. Sonia did not talk to them because these two. An alliance and they left Sonia out. Yeah. Because Sonia yet again failed with her her level in society. She doesn't have that yep. business anymore. She's struggling. She's back in her condo. Sonia feels like a loser and they make her feel like a loser. I think they are the ones That's who make it. her feel yeah. that. Yeah. That whole did you see that whole conversation yes. where they were like, it wasn't about Sonia. Like, so Sonia goes, you know, I wasn't feeling that good. I just needed to be on my own. And they turned the conversation around to how her not feeling good was yes. about her not letting them yes. witness her not feeling good. Correct. Yes. That's why Sonia went off into nomad land and she was walking the desert, right? <laughs> she so knows. That's, yeah. that she knows how she will be treated by these bitches. That's why she avoided them because they are not good for her mental health. She only comes back into Roni because she needs the paycheck. And the only way she can get that paycheck is if she can be drunk. So she doesn't get upset. That's so sad. I mean, that is like 30 seconds away from Kim Richards. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, as much as I hate her, Mm -hmm. I have to say the only person, of course, minus the cheater brand incident where she did Mm -hmm. make her cry. The only person who has really looked out for Sonia Morgan is Bethany Frankel. Is Bethany, yes. yes. Bethany has actually looked out for Sonia in almost every fight. She makes sure, even though she's drunk, She's making sure she's safe and she's giving her that space to be. Sonia's not going to have anybody there to look out for her. She doesn't have Dorinda to do it now either. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. There's nobody there to take care of Sonia and I'm worried about Sonia this this episode yeah. or this yeah. season but yeah. you know I, I rated the episode a solid 8 out of 10 I was like this is great I'm just yeah. happy that they're on you're absolutely right it's like a really well edited show it's fast there's stuff happening the entire time it's like mm-hmm. it's great entertainment and I just I love it on their worst day <laughs> New York gives you more story than OC Dallas Beverly sorry Hills. Tiffany since yeah. you know Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills and for me Atlanta combined. Yeah. I agree. And I think Roni actually is put together like a sitcom. It gives me very sitcom vibes. Mm-hmm. The way they cut it, the way the the way the ladies talk to each other. There it's mm-hmm. very situational comedy and that's why even that scene of Ramona and Sonia bickering about Harry Dubin while like, you know, Ramona goes, "Oh, you know, I I don't I, she doesn't know me." And Sonia goes, "And she's a liar." And like they're all just <laughs> laughing about it at the table. I loved it. I could watch that one clip like five times. It was so funny. <laughs> well, it's a fun, you know, they kind of get catch that as much as I'm not a huge fan of the show anymore. Uh, a sex in the city yes. comedy vibe mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. 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 That's definitely what they push. There's there. always a story thread like a Curb Your uh-huh. Enthusiasm kind of story yeah. or a Seinfeld where it's like multiple different stories and they sort of tie back together at the end of it. You could watch one episode of Roni and it would be like a sitcom. You watched it, you laughed your 
heart out. Yeah. You could watch these women sitting in a room drunk together for an hour mm-hmm. and it'd yeah. be fascinating. If Beverly Hills tried it, I might jump out this window. Yes. So, God, you know, God forbid me, but it's true. I mean, and like, they, what is the difference? Yeah. I, I keep thinking, like, why is that not working for Beverly Hills? And I think it's just the women are. They're fake. They're fake. deeply fake. Yeah, they're fake. There's nothing. I mean, the New York women will throw each other under the bus, a.k.a. post in in page six every 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. And put each other's real business in the street. Mm-hmm. And they will not do that in Hollywood. But also there there's something smart about it. They know how to craft an entertaining story. And so mm-hmm. I think both groups of women are guiding the narrative. Mm-hmm. One is just more skilled than the other. Yeah. yeah. And they're actually entertaining women. I think the other thing that we're missing in Beverly Hills is that in Beverly Hills, they're all actresses. So yeah. they're famous for acting like somebody who's not them. Yeah. But in New York, these women are just famous for being who they are. It yeah. works because they're actually yes. entertaining women. The cast mm-hmm. of Beverly Hills are not interesting entertaining women although i am turning around on dorit it's very confusing i do like her okay <laughs> i love dorit she's a fascinating I think dorit weirdo. could fit into new york actually she would and then she would have like a thick new york accent and i would mm-hmm. fucking yeah. love that yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i was one season in and said okay dorit is dorit is for me. <laughs> Dorit is for me. I'm I'm here. Yeah. You know, even though Dorit, because I think the thing with Dorit is also Dorit is not afraid to, to some degree, make fun of herself. Mm -hmm. That's also why Potomac works is that all Mm -hmm. the women are not afraid Mm -hmm. of making fun of themselves, but also being there for each other. And we talked about this actually last episode. There are some universal truths that exist in New York that all the women know. The same thing in Potomac. All the women know. You know, everybody knows that Ramona's a monster. Everybody knows that Sonia has all these other issues. Everybody knows that Luann is an uppity person. But for some reason, they also love each other despite it because they genuinely have a great time. This is the same thing we're now seeing in, in New Jersey. This is why this New Jersey cast works really, really well with each other. And this is why where Jackie kind of falls off on the end is that everybody in New Jersey is very aware of who they are. Everybody can joke about it and laugh about it, but still get together and talk about it but of course the winner for me in New Jersey is always going to be Dolores because this is like Dolores's best season ever mm-hmm. it cracked me up that like the first like 30 seconds into the episode she said I'm not driving in a fucking car with these jackoffs I was like I love you <laughs> so much you are so New Jersey and, and you're so perfect I yeah. Well, she's authentic. She's, yeah, authentic. she's authentic. That's she's yeah. authentic, you know. and she's like, "Look, I, I mean, this is what it is. It's a storyline that you want to hear, or it's not. But I'm not trying to contrive mm-hmm. anything. I'm not going to pretend to break up with my husband. I'm not going to think about having a baby when clearly I'm not having any more kids. I'm not doing any of that yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to think I'm pretty interesting as I am. And she yeah. is. New Year's Eve this episode, they went to a vineyard. Dolores told everybody to shut the fuck up. I loved it. And then we started to now get Louis. A lot of Louis talk. We show Teresa mm-hmm. going on a date with Louis months after the vineyard, by the way. There's snow on the ground. It's very fake. But <laughs> I want to talk about Louis because there's very conflicting information out on the internet about this man. So there is a woman that recently did an, um, an article and it's about narcissistic domestic abuse awareness. And it's women who are in relationships with narcissists and the abuse that you deal with in those 
types of relationships. It's very different than physical abuse. It's a different type of emotional abuse. And this woman talks about this really difficult relationship she was in. She was supposed to get married in early 2020. She ended the relationship with this guy. It was really scary. It was really sad. Allegedly, the man she is talking about is Teresa's new boyfriend. So Teresa Judice has obviously a type. Exactly. (laughs) It would make sense that somebody with narcissistic personality disorder would go ahead and go after the one woman on reality TV that everybody is waiting to shack up with another man. It's I'm scared for Teresa, guys. I don't make me like Teresa. Come on. Look, look, I don't like Teresa. I'm just saying it makes me worried for her. I think Melania will save her. Melania will punch whoever comes for Teresa. Yeah, they'll be happy so far on vacation together. But we'll we'll see with their (laughs) with their big old blended family. Yeah, Yeah, apparently. And I saw people on the internet talking about it, and they were like, "Oh my God, Joe Gorga is gonna kill him." I'm like. What are you talking about? Joe Gorga thinks that that is how men should be. What? Right. Also, Joe Gorga, it took me a long time to really understand the Gorgas. And that mm-hmm. was my fault. They got me. <laughs> they got me. They made me believe that, look, Teresa's Teresa. She's kind of a, a little bit Ramona Mm-hmm. And, and 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 a little bit Sonia Morgan in there as well, like just kind of oblivious to certain things and kind of loopy and all of that. You think back to when we first got introduced to Joe Gorga and that fight and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And to really understand now that all of that was angling to get on the show. It was lies and angling. They, I bought it. I thought, oh my God, why is she so mean to her brother? She's not. Not really. No, I think it was. I, I, think, I think some think of it was, was real. I thought, you know, you're my father screaming into his dad's face at the Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that was, was a real moment. I he's do made think... a lot of money from that moment. I'm just think... saying, he's made I... a lot of money from that moment. Well, I mean, I... Made a... Look, your Listen. your theory. I believe your theory has some very valid points. I agree with you. At this point, now we're like four seasons in, and the Gorgas haven't had a real storyline since fighting with their sister. I am starting to believe that maybe all of it was to sort of stir this shit up. You know, mm-hmm. um, the fact that we're now this many episodes in or this many seasons in and Joe Gorga is still trying to tell us that he's uncomfortable with his wife, quote unquote, having a career when her career is what makes him money. He's not making money off of those construction projects. They're using Teresa as a storyline. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. like it. Yeah. yeah. They're still don't using it. In, you're right, though, because they are all the time. It's all their scenes are about is uh, is Teresa dating or not dating? And even when he goes over to Teresa's house, that's what he wants to talk about is the dating. Like, they're you you shut down a- the you can't talk about Joe Judy's anymore. Judice, 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 Juicy. You can't talk about Juicy Joe anymore. And she was right. She's like, oh, it's, you know, kind of chill. He's not on here anymore. He's the father of my kids. Let's let it go. I know. Yeah, but this is the other thing about Joe Gorga is that he is this kind of 1950s guy who is okay with his wife working. But as long as she's there, you know, at dinner time, she is the one cooking him meals and she is the one. He sort of reminds me a lot of South Asian men, even even here. And that may be true for some Caribbean folks as well, is that Mm -hmm. they they expect their woman. You can have all the career you want. You can go do whatever you can be the president of the country but you need to be cooking me meals Mm -hmm. and take being there for me and listening to me and being there for give your time to me as well if not then i will start blaming you he's ray yes yes he's ray that's right 
Yeah. Right. That's what I signed up for. This is what yeah. you signed up for. Yeah. 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 I think that there's a lot of substitute parenting that happens or substitute relationships that happen in those situations because Joe Gorga probably also grew up in a house where the mom was catering to his every need. Mm-hmm. And so he is yeah. now expecting that relationship to be fulfilled by his wife. Similarly, right. in those types of traditional households, the mothers put all of their love that they're not getting from their husbands, they pour it into their sons. And then Mm -hmm. so when their sons get married and they have a wife who they treat differently or they show more affection to or or affection in a different way, that's when those mothers end up hating their daughters-in-law. You know, guys, it's all messed up. Know your role, stay in your lane. That's what Jennifer's mother, yeah, that's what Jennifer's mother is going through is that she put all of the love into her kids and now the kids have moved on, they have their own families and the husband is not giving. How does she feel that void that she's yeah. feeling of being needed, being wanted, and being loved. How does she do that? She doesn't have anybody filling nope. that void. And that's where her, all her resentment and anger comes from. Yeah, I think, you know, when Jennifer's mom is like, I feel like you set me up and you embarrass me in front of all these mm-hmm. women. The issue is that at its core, Jennifer's mom doesn't want to necessarily leave her husband. She just mm-hmm. wants her husband to treat her differently than mm-hmm. she's been treated. That's all it is. It's not yeah. actually she doesn't need to sit in a room with a bunch of women that also hate their husbands. Mm-hmm, she yeah. wants to sit in a room with women who can tell her, here's how you can get your husband to treat you Correct. nicely. Or yeah. for her children to go and sit with their dad and say, I wish you would be as nice to mom as you are to us. That's all this right. woman wants. I feel for Jennifer because she is obviously trying to do the best that she can. Mm-hmm. This is Jennifer's best season, in my opinion. But it's really sad also to see that because you can also understand from like that the mom maybe have may have been a difficult person to communicate with. So you you can't necessarily speak as openly to your parents as you'd like to. You know, it's very compelling to be. I really enjoy it. But yeah. it was really sad to see that. Yeah, we were we called it last week when that yeah. mom thing happened, especially in our cultures. Mm-mm. You don't embarrass your mom. You don't embarrass no. your parents like that. You don't put no. our problems on front street. You don't talk about that, especially in front of people in front no, of No, this is these are strangers. Yeah, I mean, these are strangers. Exactly. You don't yeah. do that. And she, I mean, yeah, I mean, she should, you think she know, would know better culturally, you yeah. know? Yeah. These are folks who can't even say the word jail. Yeah. You know, they say, <laughs> go away. Yeah. 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 These are, but these all are, of a sudden yeah. you're progressive and you want to yeah. talk about, yeah. like, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. I know. No. <laughs> No, you don't do that. And you don't do that. You don't talk ill of your marriage or your parents in front of others. The embarrassment is worse than the actual issue that caused all of that. They don't want to address the issue. They they want to, they cannot go look beyond the embarrassment. No. Well, Kim, thank you so much. I feel like this was probably the most, not that our other conversations haven't been intelligent, but I feel like this is one of the most like, I hope this is a very educational. I hope Mm -hmm. this is a, this is a very, um, this is an episode that people listen to and feel more informed. Yeah. I mean, you hope you open a window and people get, get additional perspective, learn things. This is really exciting for me because since you started the podcast, I have been on every show in my head, right? So like, <laughs> it's on in the car. I'm adding in that witty dialogue with you all the time. You know, 
I we're all friends. I mean, Nuri, you and I already know each other. Our yeah. team, you and I are friends. Yeah. You just didn't know it yet. So it's yes. really cool. That's yeah. what Nuri right has been telling road. me that you just don't know you have a yeah. friend. Yeah. Listen, guys, <laughs> listen. Everybody's, you know, on that track to being fully vaxxed. And we're going to go down to your Maryland. We're going to go to that winery and put, the, the Potomac yeah. ladies went yep. to. Yep. Yep. I want to see how hard it is to flip that table. I want to understand the velocity of the glass yeah. hitting yes. Monique's face. I want to run mm-hmm. some test there i called <laughs> do some reenactment i call fun. dibs i call dibs on being robin I want okay to i call dibs on being ashley actually yeah. <laughs> you want to go to the <laughs> restaurant one that ran you want to go to the restroom <laughs> <laughs> you <wanna> go pee? <laughs> yeah. yeah i call dibs on running away because you're not going to mess my weave up today <laughs> <laughs> with all this wine and everything i just gotta blow i out. will be either robin or i can be the producer holding the door i can do yeah. that <laughs> Notice I wouldn't mind doing none that. None of us wants to be Monique because no. we're actually getting a vaccine. Sorry. Well, there, oh, there allegedly, it is. Allegedly. No, it's not even alleged. Okay. Monique Samuels don't believe in science. Okay. That's, yeah, we know has, that. That's, she has lavender oil that will help yeah, her. Yeah. She's got lavender Weird. oils and that's just that that's what she believes is going to help her. But geez. Yeah. And none of us want to also, none of us want to be Monique because Monique ran and the three of us, we're not running. We're not running. <laughs> we'll get we, we, I, have, I have a Monique in mind. I have a Monique. There's a Monique. I'm, in I'm upset about the food and wine that got spilled. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There is a Monique that will willingly enact all of that and run and do all of that. I just know I, who it is. I also believe on the topic of the food and wine being dropped, like it is also extra upsetting because the Potomac ladies actually eat. So like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I, I was like mildly distracted, but but wait, what happened? Like all this stuff is on the ground. Oh, all that cheese. Y'all didn't even eat before you got into this fight. Come on, <laughs> right? Yeah, Kim. Thank you for being on. So if you guys don't know, Kim and I became friends in a food Instagram world and. <laughs> If you want to just see somebody and hear somebody and follow somebody who talks about food in a way that and seasons of some of us talk about Bravo, (laughs) food with flavor, okay? Food with spices. So you can follow Kim. I am spiced by Kim. I changed it a couple of times. Yeah, I am spiced by Kim. I'm going to be full disclaimer. Spiced by Kim came because I just want to share my life now, and I don't just want it to be about food. Although you're going to see that because I love cooking. Yes, I became a plant mom, and I'm in love with that. So there's like you if you're ready for stream of consciousness but mildly entertaining and never mean in your life that's yeah. me yeah it's me i'm going to give you a little spice i'm going to have a hot take i'm going to say my opinion about everything and then i'm going to share everything i love and that's it's either your jam or it's not but yeah you you we get to pick you're getting politics science food plants everything the royal is that your baby behind you is that your baby one no, them. that's I one of them. One. I went from zero to thirty in a year. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, am. Like, I'm becoming. Um, I'm a botanist by training, but I am also have a horrible brown thumb. So I, I am trying to foster three tomato plants, and hopefully they won't die before they have to be. <laughs> we just trying to get grass in my house. Okay, that's it. Not like not like grass, like weed. Just like real grass. <laughs> 
Yeah. But yeah, so everything Noor said can happen within the same three minute window. So we could talk plant politics, coffee, food, Mm -hmm. back to politics, back to trash on Bravo. Hey, let's watch a cruise ship crash. Okay, yes, I was just gonna say, wait, Kim Kim does this thing. Okay, where there, this is so it's so niche. And it's so funny. And I love it so much you guys don't you won't understand it until you've experienced it there are videos of youtube of boats docking but crashing into docks okay because you have to remember it's a boat it's it's very it's a very slow crash but there's so much that happens leading up to these crashes kim will watch it on youtube and record an instagram story play by play of what's happening and you guys it is. I didn't know. I didn't know how amazing it was until I watched it. And it's so, my wait, favorite so thing you, in the world. <laughs> you actually so, bring to fruition what happens in Below Deck every season where yes. they say that they're going to crash, I'm but they gonna, don't. So but when you actually crash on the boat. Below Deck, I'm going to be narrating it for you on Instagram <laughs> stories when this episode, because there are no cruise ships that can do this right now. So I've yeah. got to give you something, right? Yeah. So that's going to happen. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to probably relate it to my personal story of being in a boat that's crashed into the dock. It was the Disney dream several years ago. I will share my pictures again and my video. It's very, very important to me that people know this, but like, yeah, all of it. I, oh. I share it. I mentioned it's it so all. funny. Oh, okay, it's I not, am. Yeah. I, you do mention Nora was it right. You are my new best friend. Yeah, you guys Nora are going to be right. best friends. I can't wait. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Kim. Fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. This is so much fun. Thank you for thank having you me. So yes, much. of course. And so we will talk to you guys about Summer House and Married to Medicine on Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.